Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to Social Convos, episode 38. And today we're going to do something a bit different. We don't have one guest, but one, two, three, four, five. I see five extra faces in the backstage. Shandu, That's a lot, right? <laughs> That's really a lot. You want me to tell you who they are and what they're doing? Yeah, what's happening? I'm going to do introduce them in a proper manner. I'm going to introduce the one that's actually not wearing glasses at the moment. So uh, welcome, Chavez. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jean-Luc. Welcome. Now, now you're making me feel bad. Now you're making me feel bad because <laughs> now I don't have my style glasses, man. Okay. I, I just, I, I just, I'm going to take the bag off. I'm going to take the bag off. Yes. And uh, the second one I'm going to introduce is Siansa. Welcome to Social Convos. Hi, thank you. <laughs> and there are a lot, of, a lot of ladies, so I'm going to do Ishafa first. Hi, everyone. And then Sahil. And good evening, everybody. Good evening, good evening. And last but not least, Gabriela. So I think. Hi, this everyone. Is the, this is the full, uh, full set of people, Diego. Actually, we had two more slots. We could fit in two more people if we wanted to. But I guess you can finally start off and decide who you want to be the first to properly introduce themselves. I think you got you got the honors, Diego. Yeah, guys, welcome to Social Convos. And as Jean-Luc said, you guys are all interns at Ineffable. And we want to know, first of all, in short, two quick questions and two quick things when you introduce yourself. Tell us your name. How would you describe yourself in two words and what you exactly do as an intern at Ineffable? And we can start off with from left to right or from the bottom up, we can start with Leda, Lady. Hi, good night, good morning, good evening. My name is Lady Gabriela, first off. Everyone always mistakes my name. I am at the Ineffable Project. Thanks to Sean Luke, I interviewed him two years ago for a a a platform or yeah a a study a case study that I was doing on the university and that's how we met and there we were in contact from LinkedIn. I graduated on the tenth of August, twenty twenty one, and I saw and heard that he was um, doing this internship, this ineffable internship, and I was very much interested. And that's how we got in contact once again. And also my study goals paired with the, the internship. So I'm very much grateful for Shanuk. He really motivated me to do this internship. And besides doing the internship, I've learned a lot more about myself, my character development, the way I see the world, the way I behave with other people. So those are just very beautiful aspects that the internship gave me its knowledge and I very much appreciate it. So, so learning again, about yourself. Me. Yeah. So learning yeah. about yourself, if you had to describe what you've learned about yourself in two words, what would it be to close off your introduction? Patience and everything happens for a reason. That's it. All right. Patience and everything happens for a reason. More than two words, but two concepts. Fair <laughs> enough. I'll let that one slide. So next up, I'll go with Sahil. Gentlemen, good evening. Uh, so to start off my introduction, 
I'm Sahil Manurad. Currently entering my final year of university at FIR and I'm studying business management. I found this internship not by myself. I really didn't know what Ineffable was, never heard before in my life. I heard from it from a family member and was interested from the moment I saw the Facebook. I was like, this doesn't seem like a, you know, your usual kind of business in Suriname. You, you, like usual businesses here in Suriname are kind of rigid or kind of samey, they have like a samey quality to them. But this one felt unique in a way that it felt kind of young. So that's why I kind of resonated more with you guys and so I kind of started with this internship because I wanted to learn more about social media. I wanted to up my own game because I feel like I didn't have a personal brand online and I wanted to start with my own development. But yeah, that's kind of why I started with this internship. And two things I would describe myself as is confident and talkative. If you want a third one, it's probably also weird, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Got it. Confident, talkative, and weird. Next up, Ushaf. Hey everyone, yes, Diego pronounced good. My name is Ushafe Jarkasi. I'm 29, I guess the oldest in the team. I just saw, I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw this advertisement about um, an internship at the Ineffable. Just like Sahil, I never heard about Ineffable. I always saw the social media conference, but I was never interested because most like few of my friends they know i'm not into social media i don't even love social media platforms but at some point you need to go out of the box try something new and just explore and that's just the reason why i decided to take a chance go for it and just be creative and yes just be yourself at some point how would i subscribe myself creative and open-minded Creative and open-minded. Awesome. And then next, we got a guy again, Chavez, right? But he's known as Consensi on the screen, and I guess he'll explain that in a second as well. Yes. Good evening. My name is Chavez Linger. I'm 22 years old. In October, I'll, be, I'll turn 23. Consensi, that is the name of let's say that's my brand name that's the name i use and a little backstory about the name i've always loved the name consensi consensi uh, means consciousness consciousness of who you are consciousness about what you want to do and consciousness about the moments in your life the beautiful moments in your life i am also a photographer so i capture beautiful moments in other people's lives and that's usually what I do in, as a business. Why did I decide to apply for the internship? I was, let's say I was invited by one of the, I'm, a, I'm also a volunteer, and I'm a volunteer at the Hub Community Center. And the chairman of the Hub Community Center sent me the link to the, to the, to, to the application. And I decided to apply. I read it, I read, the, I read what was in the link and I said, hey, this, this, is, this could really work for me, for my business, for my photography business, but also for a career, a career, for a career in social media marketing. Because I know that eventually I could, I could work for a company and, and help them connect with their clients more and be, let's say, yeah, connect with their customers and be and help them deliver better products. 
So that's the thing. That's why I decided to apply for the internship. And your two words? Before I forget. I think one is consciousness, I guess. Two words. I almost forgot. <laughs> yeah, one is consciousness and one is social. I'm a very social person. So social consciousness. So last but not least, Shianza. It's just the internet connection okay. that just just pulled away for My a second. Internet connection. Okay. Yeah. So don't worry too much about <laughs> it. You did fine. You did fine. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Is, is popping in and out of the connection, and I mean for us this is new as well because we never had this many guests on social convos. So we're just gonna wing a little bit of it as well. So don't worry about it too much. We've had some a couple of questions. Helio saying, Shafes, did you say photography? Uh, so Helio fully also jumped into uh, to the show and then so says informative. And we all know, even though it's just LinkedIn users standing there, we know that's Anil, right, Diego? Yeah, Diego most definitely. Shaking his, shaking his head. So basically, you guys told us all what you're kind of, the way you got into the internship, which is a really fun thing for me to hear, like some people knowing about the internship as well. Or some people like not knowing about Enoughable at all. And what I did hear from Sianza is that you actually did apply for the executive assistant function as well. And we invited a couple of people that, that applied for, for, for that and told them like, listen, we actually do want you to be part of the Enoughable team or do want you to partake in an internship because we did think you were cool, but we only had one position available for the executive assistant. Whereas now for the internship, I think we started with 40 interns, Diego. So basically what you're seeing here, Could you repeat really, that? we started with 40 interns, this internship. So that's four, zero. Okay. Yes, four, zero. And maybe the oldest that's, she's laughing right now. She might be the oldest that's still left, but we started with two 50-year-olds. I don't know if they know, so we're going to ask the interns in a second if they knew that when they started the internship, there were actually two people that were over the age of 50 also participating. I'm also seeing already seeing some heads like, wait, what? Did, did that happen? But yes, yes, that did, did actually happen. Yeah. So how the internship went is that basically we started off, it's a, it's a two-month, eight-weeks internship, and we started off with 50. And current there, there are between 20 and 25 interns that are going to finish the training part of the internship, which uh, is the first four weeks. So you can say about half of them uh, are going to graduate from the training part of the internship. But the question, of course, that I have to ask you guys is, what was your favorite part? And I'm going to ask Diego again to, to decide who's going to who's going to jump in. I'm seeing here that Denzel is streaming all the way from the US. Pretty cool, Denzel. Thanks for supporting Social Convo in that way. That's pretty awesome. And Anil says, great way to deal with the bad internet, Diego. That was, was awesome. So yeah, what was your favorite part in the internship? I see, let's, let's do the reverse order this time. I hope Shianza's connection is a bit better. So why don't you start off Shianza? And if it's still choppy, we'll switch it up and then yeah. that's what we can do in the back end. But so far, it sounds good. So go ahead. 
Okay, the favorite part. Maybe we should uh, switch it up. I'll, I get together with all. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let the Chavez go first, and uh, you can check with Sean Luke okay, okay. backstage to see how that how we can fix that. But let's uh, start off with Chavez yeah. first while you resolve that connection. The best part of the internship of the internship. I think it was. I think it's the 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 chance to experience something like this with other people. I think it's the opportunity for me. It's the opportunity to get to know a lot more people, to network, to work on my network of 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 of, of like-minded people, people who are interested in the same things as I am. I think that's one of the number one reasons. One of the number one. Um, things that I loved I, that I love about this internship and it's also the chance to the best part of this internship is the chance to learn so much because there is so much to learn about social media and how to use if, it as a tool to if you had to narrow it down company, to one specific to thing, yourself. social media what would it be oh okay okay social media to one specific thing about social media yeah that, that you've learned, learned. yeah I think, of course, it's going to be, it has to be the, I think it's the journey of the client, the journey of the customer. That's the best part of the, I learned that I learned about. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I'm sorry to cut you off there because uh, we're trying to keep it really concise and we got a lot more to talk about. So for the, for you guys that are going to follow up, so be very uh, clear, specific and you narrow it down to one specific or just best first thing that comes to mind thing when you think of ineffable's internship are we just are we just gonna go for two hours but i don't think that's the idea well if they're game for it you know i can go all night so yeah next up i'll give um Ushafe the chance hey diego thank you i'm real sorry about my internet connection but <laughs> I hope um, you all hear me clear. The best part. So every part is the best part for me. But being specific is creative content. Wow, she, she just really jumped out of the middle. So at least the video audio, the video quality is really good. We're going to give Gabriela a try first. And then we're going to ask Ushafe again to, to tell her story. All right. Hi. Thank you, Jean-Luc. Thank you, Diego. The best part about the Ineffable Internship was the networking, getting to know new people, the wisdom, knowledge, patience, and just getting the hang of it. All right, I see Shianza is back. Before we pop her up, I'll give Sahil the next turn and then we'll add Shianza back up to the stream. All right. I agree with what Shafi said about meeting new people. I resonate a lot with the interns here because they're of the same mind as me in terms of personal growth. And also the people that work here because at the meeting greet that we had, I didn't expect to get along with so many of the people that work there. But also, well, for lack of a better word, chill and young-minded. But I would say the best thing that internship has given me is it's forced me to do things I would never ever do myself. Like something I did that hasn't been posted yet is a vlog that I did on the street talking with people and editing that. I 
would never ever have done that by myself and i'm glad and fortunate that you guys have pushed me to you know try new creative endeavors thanks cool and then we'll bring up fianza i did pick the right one right yeah i do so fianza so you can give it a try fianza you do have to unmute yourself but let's give it a try and see if this connection is better and otherwise we're gonna do it without without the video what what has been your favorite what has been your favorite the best part of the internship yeah what was the question again what was the best part of the internship yeah as i said content creation was the best part because i get to show my creative side of it and yeah that was the best part and i love the happy hour because we could talk with the other interns and get to know each other better and learn from each other and yeah Diego, I see that uh, Gabriela wants to add one more thing, so let's give her the opportunity uh, to, to do that, and then we're going to continue. All right. Thank you, Jean-Luc. I want to add as well that I've learned about cryptocurrency. You see people in Suriname here fail to understand cryptocurrency, the power it has, and I have had now a brighter vision of it thanks to the Ineffable Internship. I've also learned about Hive, very important. So that was a very good and also a priority for me as well. I, I was not expecting that, if I'm very honest. So thank you for that. Interesting. We got our unsolicited high plug, as we always do, Shanduk. I think you snuck that one in. No, I, did, I, did, I was not involved in that. I was not involved in that. Uh, Moreno is giving an instant crypto. And he has his uh, VV symbol there, of course, mm -hmm. the circle. Anyways, we got some viewer questions that came in. So we'll go quickly go through those and then we'll move uh, to the next part. Question from Nathaniel to the interns. Do you think you will look at social media different now or do you have the same perspective of social media? So if you look at it from before you started the internship, has anything changed from that perspective? Do you think social media will be different for you guys? So why don't you kick us off Gabriela and then since you close yourself there and then we'll go around again. All right, absolutely not because I have came to understand the real power of social media, the influence that social media has, but also the ability to reach people, not only in your own country, but abroad. So my answer to that is social media is far more reachable than you think. And social media is the future. All right. Sahil, got any thoughts on that? I do agree with what she said, but I'm on a different mind about that question. I think the biggest thing that changed for me in terms of social media is branding wise, because the things that you've taught me, I've learned in smaller capacities here and there, but it definitely helped. But branding wise, I had no idea that these little changes like making better uh, posts, making like nicer looking stories, I had no idea that, like it had this huge of an impact of the way people perceive you and your content. Like I remember when I first started implementing the things that you guys taught me, I got reactions like I never did before. I was like, this is new. I mean, what's different? Really, these little changes did all this? I was surprised. Really was. That was my view on what you guys have taught me up till now. 
Okay, I'll take uh, one more, then we'll go to the next question. Chavez or yeah, Chavez, so you got one take on that, and then we'll go to the next question with uh, Ushavi. No, my perspective on social media hasn't changed. I know I've always known of like, like let's say I've known for a long time that social media can be used as a tool to brand yourself and to to use as a tool to use to let's say connect with your audience, connect with the followers you have. And I yeah, I've learned a lot. And I agree with Lady Sahil about social media and then the things it has to offer to you and how you present yourself to the world. So Okay, so why don't we stay on that thought for a second and go directly with Moreno's question. What are the personal qualities that you needed to develop during your internship that you wish they would teach in school? I wish they would have teach me more about IT and how it, mm -hmm. it works. I wish I would have known more about graphic designs, more about, you know, social media as itself. I, I lack in my study the, the little aspect of social media. I only had the, the, the theory, but I did not know the power marketing, specifically digital marketing has today. I'd like to add. Oh, oh you go Sahil, you go the honors. I can oh, go first. Thank you. Oh, I'm full screen already, so I'll do it. So we had a subject in school called social media marketing. And I knew from the beginning that this was not it. I knew what I learned in school was not, you know, reality. The reality is what I was taught here. Because in school, like, you only learn the theory behind it. Like, you know, like, why does Expos have this reaction to a crowd? Or why does this create this? But not how to create a certain type of reaction. It's just a theoretical part. And I wish they did more of the practical stuff at school. That's what I really, really miss. And Chavis, as you answered that, I'll throw the next question to you after you answer this one because yes. this one's specific I've, I've learned during the internship i've learned a lot about organizing your stuff and organizing your to-do list and i think that at school as especially i think high school i think the i think it would have been a, i really think it would have been a bad i think it would have been great if teachers invested more in helping students organize their stuff because that would have that i think that obviously would have helped them not in not only in school but also in the long run in their careers so that's the, that's one thing i would have liked to learn at school i want to quickly jump into this one diego if i may so i think i think this makes a very interesting point because i didn't look at it that way i think the part of the internship what's extra for organizing is the project management part which you have to do as part of many assignments and I can attest to that because in high school, I never had an agenda, like a physical, like you get an agenda, right? And you have to plan in and you have to know what classes are at what time and what day. And even when I joined university, I still didn't have an agenda. So I would bike to the university in Tilburg and then hopefully I'd be on time to ask the people, like meet up with my friends and be like, oh, so where's the next class? Because I never wrote it down. And when I started working, I was all of a sudden conf confronted with, okay, I do need to use a calendar now. I wasn't used to using any kind of calendar, which is weird because my, my dad is really structured. 
and he came in to IT in the 80s and he's been structured ever since ever since so he has like a zero inbox policy and I'm like one of the people who before I started structuring had like 10,000 emails in my email box and I had to really learn that by like the hard way to avoid having double meetings and 200 emails still being on on red so those kind of things are really things that uh, aren't really things that you can learn in school and I think the biggest reason you cannot learn that in school is because if you would judge everybody on that, especially in a general level, school educational level, uh, there will be people that don't need that in their future work, don't need to have that structure. If you're like a creative and you only have to do one thing a day and you're that damn good at doing that one thing a day that uh, you do it and you get paid enough by the end of the month to live off. I do really understand that you don't need that. But like if somebody's in social media and you need to post three times a day and you have to schedule content and you have to have meetings with clients, you do need that structure. So I think that's a really interesting perspective that I didn't even think of that when, when we put it into the, to the internship. I didn't think of it that way, that it's something that's actually you don't get it at school. You have to learn that during when you start working. Interesting perspective, and thanks for sharing that as well, Jean-Luc. So back to Chavez, there's a question specifically up for you as the photographer. Do you think social media influences photography in the sense that people might think photography is just taking pictures? Because you can just use your phone, no skills needed. How do you think social media influences photography in the sense that people might think photography is just taking pictures? You can just use your phone, no skills needed. I think it has, I, I, would, I would say that it has a positive impact because in my photography page, on my photography page on Instagram, I look, I look at other content creators and I look at other content creators that use it for jobs and that use So I think social media offers that perspective to see other photographers to to uh, let's say differentiate photographers who do who work who work as a photographer but as photographers but also should just do it for the just just because they're i'm not saying that none of the photographers are passionate about it. every photographer should be passionate about making pictures but they use their passion in a different way they use it for creative purposes not to gain not to work or not to uh, earn money so I think social media influences photography in a positive way because it gives you more a, a broader perspective about what photography has to offer to the world. I got to agree with you there. And to add to that, specifically Instagram, I think, and several other photo-focused apps have changed the landscape as, as a whole and not just photography. If you look at it, Instagram has changed the whole visual meta on the internet because average people have become generally better at taking photos and not just with a professional camera with their phone, aesthetically with the easy filters. It has changed the whole way that companies can make content visually. So I do think that especially Instagram and photo-like applications have helped in that sense to level up, I guess, the, the marketing, the media as a whole. So that's what I just wanted to add to that. And then specifically for you, Sahil, since you had that flogging experience, 
how did how did you deal with the what will people think of me part when going more social and approaching people on the streets with your blogs? Well, it didn't really matter to me because I knew I was going to be the only one that was going to have to approach and ask. I was there with two of my friends. One of them was the cameraman and one was there for, as he put it, emotional support. <laughs> so we went there. I spoke to about, on the top of my head, like I think 17 or 18 people and they all said no. Wow, so this, I, is, you know, this is a really interesting experience. Go ahead, go ahead. It was my very first time doing this, so I decided I wanted to go to Wakapasi because on a Saturday, because those days had the most amount of people to go there. And my whole goal with it was to get more information for nerdy kind of guys, because I watch these YouTubers, right, in America that do these kind of sweet interviews about, you know, what does X person think of this topic? And my kind of topic was going to be like, you know, what do girls think about guys that are into nerdy stuff? Because I've heard so many contradicting things from different people about, you know, they hate it, they like it, they're indifferent, stop it, don't do it, it's great, it's cool, it's new. And I just wanted to set the record straight. So I was like, all right, let me just go to the source and ask girls for myself. So I put on my boots, took my mic, and drove all the way to Wakapasi with my two dumbass friends <laughs> to, you conduct this experiment, a social experiment, if you would say. But yeah, I started at 4 o'clock. We ended up, I think, 6.30, 7 o'clock maybe, with 18 or 17 interviews under my belt that, you know, which they all said no. <laughs> but I dealt with it just fine. Like, I didn't really think of, okay, what did people think of me? People started looking, but I never was like, oh, they think I'm weird because I don't think of them. I'm never going to see them again. <laughs> that was my whole mindset with that. Like, I would do it again. Like, I don't care about the rejection. Like, I really like the experience and I would like to get better at it because I always thought for, okay, if they didn't like my approach, there's something wrong with me. I got to change the approach to make myself more approachable and them more willing to talk to me and open up to me a little bit. It doesn't have to be long, but I refuse to believe that it's just them. It has to be partly with me too. Yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one to, to feel a little bit better. So I'm going to tell you, I, I'm, it's not a similar experience, like in the same, but I think trying something new, it's, it's very, very underrated. It's very difficult to try something new and go to get out of your comfort zone. So as we're, I have an idea for the conference, what you can do on a social media conference with that. And I'm going to guarantee that everybody will answer you there. So we're definitely going to use it. But I just want to give you a simple explanation of how difficult it is, because I'm very outgoing. I'm Pretty much for most people, I'm an extrovert, even though I have very a lot of introvert tendencies, I'm considered an extrovert. So when the first time I was in San Diego for social media marketing world, I wanted to go out for a drink before the day before the conference, but I didn't really know the networking part of conferences as much. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to go on Twitter and I'm just going to tweet out using the hashtag. And especially in big conferences, outside of in like in the US and in Europe, like local brands and local coffee shops and restaurants, they watch out for the big tweets for the tweets from the conferences and they reply to those tweets. So actually one of the restaurants reached out to me and said like, hey, why don't you come and have a drink at our spot? And I was like, okay, this is going to be cool. There are going to be a lot of people of the conference there. And I went there and like, basically I was sitting alone at a bar 
There was nobody from the conference there. There were like a lot of other groups of people there who were doing their own thing and had no intention of interacting with me. And that was a very, very interesting experience because the person I ended up speaking the most with was, I'm not sure if it was a bum, but eventually they kicked the guy out for being too drunk. So it's just a perspective that is definitely something you're going to have to overcome. And it's like the first experience you have of that, it's a really good experience of one, being just completely different than you're expected, but it also takes the pressure away because you're like, how much worse can it be than that experience? And if that's the worst experience that I'm going to have, I think it's going to be better the next time. So I'm okay. I'm not sure if Sahil, if you felt the same way, could you relate to that or, or not? I could 100% find myself in that. <laughs> oh, like you said you were talking to a bum that was drunk for half the time. I kind of had something similar. <laughs> so it was at the end of the night, me and my friends basically just gave up and just bought coconuts to drink out of. And we were just sitting there, just talking about nothing. And then three people just walked up and sat down with like a big ass bottle of beer, just doing the same thing. Just like, okay, it's hot food. Yeah, okay. It's like, oh, okay, cool. This is, this is the best conversation I had all day. Cool. <laughs> but I would definitely love to do it again. If you ever have a test from you, something like that, I would like to learn from you because you clearly have some experience in going out and talking to people in a more business type of sense. So if you ever have a job for me, just hit me up. I'd love to do that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And I think the viewers uh, can adjust to that as well. Okay, so what question should we do next? We still have some questions. I think the following question is by uh, Tevin. So there are so many social media channels out there. How do you look at trying out new ones and why? I think that's a good one for Graviella. Like which new channel did you try out during the internship that you hadn't been on before? And how was that experience? Look, that is a very funny question. And that experience was stressful because I didn't know anything about those platforms. For example, Trello, Asana, now this new one, Rock. I just got bumped into it and I had to figure it out. So I was like, what am I doing? What is going on? I was asking people. I was slacking Sean Luke. Sean Luke never corresponded on time i was like wow so i'm really on my own they did that but eventually i figured it out it went all well by the way trello is my new favorite app to organize and plan my i have a events, better one for my, you but after this we'll talk about it my 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 schedules people keep telling me it's asana i i don't think so but i'll give it a try so that was my experience. It was stressful, funny. I thought, what am I doing? But eventually I figured it out. So Diego, I think like there are two people asking this the question here. Like how big is the podcast audience in Suriname? Listen, I, I have no idea what the potential is. I'm just going to take from a music perspective on Spotify. If you look at like the big Spotify the, the best songs on Spotify. There are numerous songs that have already reached over 100,000 uh, listens on Spotify. So that's also something that's it's growing. Podcasting is a little different. I'm not sure. There also aren't that many podcasts. I think there are currently like five to six podcasts 
that upload on a weekly basis. So it's not even that much. So I'm, I'm sorry, I don't think I can honestly answer that question. The, the, the idea behind it is that we recreate the audience ourselves. I'm really hoping for a crossover and we're working on a crossover radio podcast a concept because I think it's it's hard to transition to just podcasting. And Diego, you got the numbers on, on the Social Confos podcast. But in most cases, audio only podcast, it's very, it's very new. And I don't think we're quite used to like saying like, if I'm driving in the car, I'm going to listen to a podcast instead of listening to radio. Or if I'm at home cleaning out the house, I'm going to listen to a podcast instead of listening to the radio or something else. So I think it's still, the, the podcast space is still being built, but there is a lot less competition in the podcasting space compared to radio station or other traditional media. So there's a lot of growth, but you just have to realize you're going to be in the same position if you start a podcast as the people starting out 20 years ago with their own Surinamese television productions, the way they started out. So it's going to be really difficult as well. Yeah, so to quickly add to Sean, look uh, on numbers, data and analytics on podcasts specifically are very fragmented and kind of hard to crunch down in general. And if you look at the number from social convos in general, and I'm unsure about the other podcasts, but if you get a few hundred listens on an episode, that I'd say that's uh, pretty good. And as Sean looks at the audience and the demographics here in Suriname is much different than if you'd look in the United States, even in Europe, it's still very underrated, very, very heavily underrated. China still is upcoming and in the Asian markets, but the, the biggest market share of podcast listeners are from the yeah, Western Hemisphere and specifically North America. That's where you have the biggest listeners. So here in Latin America, the Caribbean, it's something that you still very much have to create. And especially how we do it in English, not the local language, because we our intention is to reach a broader audience internationally as well and to accommodate guests from the international English-speaking countries, you'll have less, I, I'd say, overlap with the local local demographics. So it's, it's very hard to measure. But I'd say the key would be to focus on the creation process, the content creation process, and that you can spin off into different types of media, into different types of content. But... I'd say start from there and then you can always repurpose audio snippets from the podcast into an Instagram story, a YouTube short clip, a TikTok video, and that's how you can grow the audience. So that's a different type of audience again. So it's very hard to narrow it down specifically to how large is the audience. I hope that makes sense. And I think this is a good place. Do we, did we miss any questions? No, I, yeah, I think there's one more question, but I'm not sure how that's going to be answered. But I think Helio wants to see how much of a deep dive you guys really got into crypto. So I'm really wondering how you will respond to this question. I think it was Gabriella said who, who had her mind open, right? So why don't you give it a shot, Gabriella, with Hive, maybe? Have to stay okay. with Ada or XRP. And I had... I have experience with Hive and uh, Jean-Luc explained the crypto to me, to be honest. But my Hive experience is very chill. 
it's transparent. You can write about your own daily life. It's a I am alive community. And when you write the post, you get paid. It's a 50-50. So when people vote as well, they pay they get paid. When you write, you get paid. So it's it's a very clean and transparent blog that I, I would say. I very much like Hive. And I would recommend it to anyone. Please get yourself a Hive. Quick question. How was it for you as a very new person to get onboarded, to interface with the platform, to make your account? Because that is usually the biggest, biggest, biggest hurdle. How was that for you, Gabrielle? I'm going to be very honest. I had this networking meeting and I knew from the very first time I had my mindset, I'm just going to introduce myself to Jean-Luc and the first thing I'm going to ask him, why is my Hive account not working? Why can I get into SNC? What is going on? I have my keys. They're not working. I have been on it for five days. Please help me. And Jean-Luc, he looked into it. He saw that SNC was not working on my phone. We, we were both stressing at some point about it. And then Jean-Luc said, you know what, let's just drop it. We are going with HiveBlock. And ever since I've used HiveBlock, I've never had problems with HiveBlock. I can just post easily. I can just see people's posts. I can vote. I can comment. It's very chill. It's very transparent. But SNC really was a a stressful scenario for me. I I would not recommend that if you are an iPhone user. I do want to quickly jump into that because Diego, I think that was the difficult part. I think when you're dealing with decentralized apps, kind of like when it's centralized and like the whole goal is to get as many people on it, even if it's crappy content, even if it's doesn't matter, it's it's about the numbers game. You need to get as many people on it as possible. You have to get many people addicted. They kind of make sure that it works on every device, that it works on every browser, that it works on everything. And just a couple of these uh, interfaces on Hive, they weren't optimized for iPhones or certain browsers. So it was really hard to get in. So we ended up with like the main block, which in the end worked. So I guess that's a a very important thing to do as well. And yeah, we have uh, Motef saying like, yes, get paid in Hive to write a blog. That's basically the only reason. So I don't think the idea is to to send out to the general public that the ineffable internship you learn about crypto and it's going to be a crypto space and people learn about investing in crypto but i think the part about the internship which is important for people to know is that we do look at different social media platforms and just like the interns have to make tiktok videos they also have to know that there are platforms where you can actually write content and get paid in crypto and instead of having to invest money of yourself into the crypto space that you can actually earn by creating content in crypto. And I think that's that's the idea because I think a lot of people in Suriname struggle. They're like, how do I get paid with social media? How do I get paid with social media? And then they hear, oh, you have to have a thousand subscribers on YouTube and 4,000 watch hours, and then you get paid, then you get a partnership program. And whereas if you upload on TreeSpeak, you get paid for your videos instantaneously. You don't have to wait till you have that reputation. 
And most importantly, it's getting more difficult and more difficult on traditional platforms to stand out. So if you're on a platform where there are only about 10,000 to 100,000 active users creating content, it, it becomes a lot easier. And I think that's also with TikTok from a mainstream perspective, because there are a lot of people on TikTok that don't create content. Once you start creating content on TikTok, you kind of get discovered easier and you grow your account quicker than, say, for instance, Instagram. So I think that's a very interesting perspective uh, to think about as well. Hi, Shanook. Can I please jump in? Go ahead. So with TikTok, I've always said that I would never be those person of that person to make a TikTok video. But in the inevitable internship, I came to understand that TikTok is the way to connect with people. And I was very happy when I went uh, to my networking event that I could network with my teammates and make a TikTok video. I think that was very beautiful. And it was also a way to bond with people. So TikTok, I would recommend TikTok as well. Instagram, Facebook, Hive, all of the social media platforms. And that is the most, most important basis of the internship. You see, people my age, they are very frightened to use these platforms because they're thinking, what am I doing? This is just funny content, you know, it's irrelevant. But you get a different perspective. And I think that was the, the main focus for the internship. I think that was John Luke's also his goal. And he's achieved it because I have a different vision for all the social media platforms. Thanks for sharing that, uh, Gabriella. And I think this is a good place to, I, I see another question from Helio, but to ensure that this doesn't come, become a crypto talk, Helio, I want to invite you to a social compost to, that we can go more in depth into these topics. So I'd like to invite you for either next week or the week after to join us on social convo. So this is a public invitation to you, Helio. And then yes, can you can back out of this. You can back out of this. Crypto you have to be our guest now. Crypto uh, photography, social media, and how you implement it in your journey. So yeah, let's do that. Uh, we'll, we await your reply. And yeah, and to, I guess round this off a bit. I kind of find it unfortunate that Ushapi and Shianza couldn't really reconnect back, but that doesn't deter us from the fun we'll have in the next part and the final part of this fun conversation. And that is the overrated, underrated. And I think how we'll do this is we're gonna throw in some subjects. And if you get a very strong hot take, like either strongly overrated and underrated, we'll give you that one and then we'll move on to the next one. So we have some more variations in the overrated, underrated. So I want to start it off with, do you think, and first one to unmute gets it, do you think ineffable is overrated or underrated? And you can be brutally honest. Diego, how dare you, but go ahead. There's no wrong or right answer. I'm going to take myself out so you can you can answer honestly. Okay, I go first. I would say underrated because not everyone knows Ineffable, even though it's a very important platform in Suriname these days. But I think it needs more social media boost. You know, people don't really know or understand yeah. what Ineffable actually is. But once you get the hang of it, 
you get to understand it. So that's my honest opinion. All right, John, look, you can go for the next one. We will keep it at one, one person okay. for one. Okay, overrated, underrated. Let's go with Google Drive. Is Google Drive overrated or underrated? It's overrated. <laughs> it's it, OneDrive is just better. <laughs> like the Microsoft apps, I in my experience, I just find them much easier and much more organized to use. The Google apps just feel kind of, but kind of childish to be honest. They don't really feel like something I would use regularly to like a professional sense because i use onedrive and outlook and themes and all those apps for school i'm really used to them and they're so much easier to use like i also prefer themes more over zoom because zoom is just the 45 minute window is also terrible <laughs> so like all that I'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry it's a hot take but everything you guys use is kind of overrated no, fair enough. That's your take. And I actually use OneDrive as well as my preferred cloud storage. But that's the only Microsoft servers that I actually prefer over other services. So that's my two cents on that. So next one for me is I've actually noticed that none of you except Gabriela has an active LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, overrated or underrated? Underrated. So why aren't you more active on it then? You know, uh, honestly, honestly, I've got, I've just got into do into LinkedIn, and when, and when I opened it, I've seen the list of the people I know, my friends, and I'm like, wow, I can't believe I don't, I never knew about this. So this is very a personal opinion, you know, this is very personal, and I've seen, I've seen the things that they've listed, and I've all things that I've experienced with them. I saw. So yeah, for me, it's been, it's an underrated app, but I, I, but I also don't see people that usually are active, but I don't see them on LinkedIn are active in their daily lives. And then they're, they're not on LinkedIn, which is a shame because people need to know people are there to connect with you. So for me personally, it's an underrated app. Here in Suriname. I'm going to jump in with a, a very fun one, Diego. Influencers, underrated or overrated? Overrated as hell. <laughs> overrated. Overrated. Especially the Surinamese ones. Oh my God, just shut up. Like, I just. Please, I, I, shut up. <laughs> nobody cares about your goddamn fried chicken. You know who I'm. You guys know who I'm talking about, but nobody cares. <laughs> I hate them so much. Hate How would I do it differently? Well, well, two things I've noticed about Surinamese influencers in particular, they're not consistent and they don't have a theme for their channel or you know, preferred social media outlet. So what do I would do, like, for instance, if I was going to start a YouTube, I would, one, pick a theme. Like, this is what I would want to do. Like, for instance, if I was going to be a travel blogger, I would, you know, make theme videos about going on in Suriname or going out in some other country. Second, I would scale my quality. What I've noticed is Surinamese vloggers don't scale their quality up with their growing following. Like you can have zero subscribers and you can have the same quality as you have when you have 10,000 subscribers. I've seen this happen. 
they still use the same cameras, the same use the same audio mixing. They still use the same style of presenting, which I should also think should change. Because I've also seen like the way they present is very well. It's not really consistent in all their videos. Sometimes they're very serious. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they just try to appeal to more, I guess, children. Because I assume that's the biggest demographic of their channel. That's why I'm not so sure, but that's why they act so childish all the time. Like that's the only reason I would assume they do that. And that's why I also have so many comedy types of channels or comedy, you know, types of channels out <laughs> in City Davo. So that's what I would do. I would, you know, pick a theme, scale it, and be consistent. So that's what I would do. All right. Uh, did you have anything to add, Gabriela, or can we go to the next one? No, Shahil really just said everything. Okay, then uh, the next one for me is a MBA, so a business course, a MBA title. Okay, overrated, but I would still do it. <laughs> overrated because I have a BSc, Bachelor of Science. I'm going for a BBA, so like I feel kind of a tech nerd now, so... <laughs> no, it's nothing personal. It's just my personal choice. Bachelor of Science for me. Bachelor of Business Administration. <laughs> Making mistakes, overrated or underrated? Underrated? Underrated. Does any of three of you want to elaborate on Okay, that? because we are humans. We need to make mistakes in order to grow. If you don't make a mistake, there is something definitely wrong with you. And by making mistakes, you learn, you grow, you understand the way of life. So yes, go out there, go make mistakes, you know, fall, jump, fall back. But the most important part is learn from those mistakes and grow from those mistakes. That's all I have to say. Okay, I got a controversial one here. An unpaid internship. Underrated. Yeah, that's overrated, Chief. <laughs> that's that's overrated, no. Chief. Because <laughs> I've done okay, so both. Sahil I've done says paid, overrated. I've done a paid internship and, a, and this is the unpaid internship. But this, like, I do, I did enjoy this one more. I will say that I will. I did enjoy this one more. <laughs> but you know, I would like to get paid. <laughs> So Gabriela, for you, why is it so underrated? Because you get to learn more than you expect. So you get knowledge and then knowledge is power and then you can use it for your further life, for your career, for your, for your own goals. So it's already free. Just take it, make the best of it. I see Sahil's a little bit saying like, yeah, I can, but I still have a different take on it as well. No, I, I think, mean, I think, no, she brought up a good point. This was free. Okay. Like the last one, Thank I had you. to fight tooth and nail to get in. So that's why I kind of, you know, appreciated getting paid more. But this was for free. And exactly. I think I've learned way more like generally applicable skills. So you know what, Gabriela, I'm a true now. Thank you, you've Sahil. I me. appreciate that. You've, you've convinced me. Thumbs up for you. Hey. <laughs> so... What I want to do to close it off, Diego, is um, in the first week of the internship, there was a lot of company culture stuff going through and a lot of videos. And so the interns had to take quotations. 
So uh, quotes, or not quotations, sorry, quotes of kind of thought leaders all over the world. I think mainly Simon Sinek, Gary Vaynerchuk. I think there was also one with Ricardo Semler in there, if I'm not mistaken. And I do wonder, of course, I can go in there in their in their Google Drive and pick out which ones they chose, but they chose multiple for the assignments. So I'm wondering from all of those talks that you listened to, that you've watched, what would be your favorite quote or the best lesson you've learned? And how did that quote or that lesson learned relate to things that you gotten in later weeks in the internship, later into the internship as well? I have, I have one, I guess it's Simon Sinek. The one catchy one was take change your future by taking accountability for your actions. Because I'm working for a telecommunication and you have responsibilities. I'm doing administration and what I see, like we are, we are humans, just like lady said, you need to make mistakes, but accountability, most of the people don't want to take that. It seems like a big risk to take responsibilities. And I hope in the future <laughs> that we all just, when we have a task to do, just take responsibility to um, cover everything you need. I want to jump in that, in the, in the answer she gave. And I would like to say, own up to your mistakes. I mean, it's normal to make mistakes. But own up to them and correct them and don't make them again. So, uh, Sahil or Shafis, would you like to share one as well? Share the quote of Gary V, and where where he where he said where he was brutal, it was it was one of the videos where he was brutally honest. He said, "If you can, if you find time to worry about the things about of someone else, you're taking away precious time. You're taking away from time." that you could figure out something for yourself. And I've always had this problem of comparing myself to other people. Hey, look, he's, he, I, wanna, I wanna make my pictures like him. I wanna, this, I wanna do that like them, but I'm not focusing on me. You know, I'm not focusing on the products that I can deliver. So yeah, that's something I've, that's, something, that's a quote I resonated a lot with and I really find myself in it. So that. All right, um, so we got Simon Sinek, Gary V. What do you got for us, Sayil? It's also a Simon Sinek quote. I know, boring. You were spending something else. It's a short quote. I don't remember it exactly, but it all boiled down to sometimes you're the problem. And it really resonated with me because it just echoes parts of my life where I just did not own up to, one, my bad attitude, and two, my mistakes in group projects or just in relationships in general, professional and personal. Like, it's really hard to, you know, like, as Gabriela said, you need to take accountability for your actions. It was really hard for me to accept that fact that what I do has ramifications. I really need to accept that I am the problem sometimes. I really take a look back at what I've done and how it can be better. That's why I'm big on self-reflection now. And it's improved me ever since. I like to hope and like to think that I'm a better guy now than I was, let's say, two years ago. So that's why that quote really, really resonated with me. Nice. Can I finish up with my quote? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. All right. My quote is from Naval Ravikant. And he said something very interesting that hit me. His quote goes, 
the most powerful people are those who are writing the algorithm for Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Because these people are literally controlling the narrative. They are rewriting people's brains. And that hits me. IT is the future and people fail to understand how powerful that is. You see, I wanted to study notary. I didn't get the chance, so I did business administration or as they say, business management. And I really was, I was really struggling with that part because I always liked the sense of power. I, I love the law. But this little piece of information that Naval Ravi can share in his podcast, that was an eye-opener for me, personally. That's a very, very provocative one, if you think about it. And, but then I want to close it off. Sean, look, do you have any quote that you enjoy or like, be it from Naval, Gary, or someone else we never mm. heard about? So I'm going to be honest, the, the Nafal, the Nafal Joe Rogan experience with Nafal Afikan, I think, I think one of the greatest pieces of content ever made. I honestly believe it. Even though it's like three hours, I think it's one of the most brilliant uh, pieces of content that's out there for free on the internet. But I think the one that I really like the most is the story of the Styrofoam Cup by Simon Sinek that tells the story about like a, a higher up person who was speaking at a conference and all of a sudden he kind of dropped his whole written speech. And he was like, and he told the story of how the experience of being like in a political or a higher up position the previous year to him speaking there at the conference as basically not somebody in a higher position or higher function, how it, how it is different. And he tries to explain that in a lot of cases, you are in a certain position and because you are in a certain position, you get certain opportunities. And we sometimes take that for granted or we think that basically we own the stature, we own the status of being that person that we are because we're a board member or we are the chairman and that gives us the rights or that gives us certain rights. But we don't. what we don't realize is once we are out of that position and we're just ourselves, but not in the position that people admire or inspire or respect that much, that we are still at the end human beings. So I think that's a really, I'm not going to paraphrase the whole thing because it's actually that I'm telling Simon Sinek's story. But I think the, remembering that the only thing you ever own is the styrofoam cup. For those of you who are not familiar with it, Google it, Simon Sinek, Styrofoam Cup. And it's the story we are in this Styrofoam Cup. And I think a lot of people forget that they get so power hungry and they want so much control of the power that they have when they are in a certain position. They don't realize that that power and that respect is for that specific position and not for them as a person. And I think that's something that, that people really underestimate, especially in a, a small country like Suriname. It's really like, yes, we are this, I am this powerful person and I get to decide. And I'm like the boss or the prince or the king and everybody has to bow down for me without realizing that um, you're just a human being. 
just like everybody else. You're not better than somebody else because you have a certain function. And that's also something that a lot of people struggle with, especially in the corporate culture. Basically, your title, and it could be your title from your education or your title from what your position is within the corporate world, that kind of that dictates who you are and how much respect you should get. And people are so caught up on, and then they go to like their superior, asking their superior to tell other people like, can you tell them that I'm in that position and that I'm allowed to do that? And I'm like, no, respect is earned. It's not given. So when you go out there and ask somebody, a superior to tell somebody else that they have to respect you because you have that title, that kind of already gives the idea that you don't really have taken the time to earn the respect of the people that you expect to respect you. So I think this is one of the most underrated things. And I think that story explains that perfectly. I definitely and, agree with Chanuk, a hundred percent. Respect and, is earned, not given. And I think that's something that Gary Fee also says, and Motef just says here, don't be scared to fail and be grateful. And of course, I wore this shirt, especially for this podcast as well. Yes, it says make mistakes. Yeah, it does say that. Okay, uh, interesting. Uh, what was that again, the Styrofoam Cup? Yeah, it's the Styrofoam Cup. You can just search for it. The story of the Styrofoam Cup. The story it's, of told the styrofoam by, cup. it's told by Simon Sinek about a guy who actually told the story. But it's, I think, one of his life lessons that he likes to share during inspirational and motivational talks. Awesome. Then I guess to close it off, uh, to stay in the theme, I'll add one too. And one that I've been living through recently is by Seneca. Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Because many people think that some people are just lucky or that they get an opportunity and they go do something. But it's, they don't see the work that goes on beforehand. They don't see what preparation uh, is needed for that slight overlap of preparation and opportunity to happen. And that often is described as luck. But it's not just, you know, like the Irish say, the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's, it's very, you have to work towards it. And people may call it lucky from the outside, but there's a lot of hard work that goes on behind the scene. And sometimes you take stuff, you can take the most unseemingly things that you've done in the past for granted, and that may spin off into something big in the future. If I may shortly add on that, it's also like you can get lucky a couple of times in your life. But if you haven't put in the effort or the research or anything to prepare yourself for it, you're not going to be able to optimize that luck. So that's also a big part. Like you can get lucky. You can have. Yeah, like basically, it's what happens to lottery winners. They yeah. win something. And then but if you're not ready after? for it, if you're not ready, like this is what I'm going to do once I hit lucky, which basically means preparing and working towards it. It's, it's going to be a one-off thing and it's going to be done. And the rest of the life, everybody's going to be like, remember when you got lucky with this? And it's going to be the only thing you're going to have. Whereas if you prepared for it, it's, it's something that you get lucky. You use that luck to kind of get leverage and you use that leverage forever to, to be successful in whatever you want to be successful in. So I think that's a, that's a really, really interesting take as well, Diego. Thanks for sharing that one. 
Yeah. And I do have one comment or open question to close it off. Not something we have to answer, but this is to you guys to think about and everyone still listening. Is we've mentioned quotes for Simon Sinek, Gary Vee, Naval Ravikant, Seneca, and people who fit this profile, some some others that I can think about are Tim Ferriss, Tom Bilyeu, but these are just males. And I've been thinking today, like, is there, are there any females that fit kind of this profile, thought leaders or uh, successful entrepreneurs that ha- that fit this profile that people can quote, look up to, or learn from? Because when I think back, most of the people I look up to and get inspiration or information from are just to cross-check if I'm researching something, what they think on the topic, are mostly very heavily males. So if you guys have any females in mind, I'd be interested to know who they are and where they are. I just listened to Shito, Shito Sujan. Do I pronounce it good? Yeah, <laughs> yes, you did. That's a good one. Yeah, um, emotional Luke, intelligence. I will say you just dropped good stuff for us. To me, it was... Honestly, she Shita is just a good one. She spoke about um, emotional intelligence, and I had so much to learn. I was like, "Hey, I never." It was. Uh, I'm so mixed up with all her stuff in my head, but um, to me, she is so open-minded. She is. She's just a good speaker and. You guys have to give her more chances to speak about anything and enough hours, <laughs> especially. Enough time, not one hour, two hours, just enough time. I would jump on what Ushafa said. She's right very much. Sheetal is amazing in what she does. And my favorite part about her video was that Emotional intelligence is not about being happy all the time or about hiding or suppressing your feelings. It's not a sign of weakness and it's not agreeing to everything all the time. I think that's the most important part of emotional intelligence. So thank you, Sheetal, if you're listening, wherever you are. I highly appreciate this wisdom, this knowledge. Keep striving. And if you want to hear more of Sheetal, I think this is a good place. Sign up for the social media conference that's going to be at the end of October. Can you tell us the exact dates? Because Sheetal's one of the keynote speakers during that conference where she'll share more of her wisdom. And I don't know how many hours, but I think Shanduk has more details than that. Thanks, Diego. So what I'm definitely going to do, I'm going to do some plugs. We, we don't do enough plugs in the show. So we're definitely just going to, first of all, plug Cheeto. And I'm really enjoying her talks as well. So for those of you who don't know, Cheeto was guest number 10 on Social Confos. So if you go back to the website, confos.com, and you go to Social Confos, she is actually episode 10. That was an episode with Cheeto Sujan. So if you were uh, new to Social Confos and haven't heard all the episodes, please make sure to check out episode 10 of Social Confos, which is about emotional intelligence and BTI and the story of herself, how actually she came about uh, to live in Suriname. 
And also, if you're interested in her hearing her speak live, well, it's a digital event, but on socialmedia.sr, you can sign up for the Social Media Conference Suriname 2021, which is the anniversary edition. It's the fifth year we're holding it. And yes, she is a keynote speaker. So let's have some free plugs. Thank you guys for doing some free plugs for us and for Sheetal as well. Awesome. I think uh, that's a good place to wrap it up, Shan. Look, to the interns, uh, Lady Chavez, Sahil, Ushafi, and unfortunately, Shiansa didn't make it back. Thanks for sharing your experiences and having this fun conversation with us. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. I hope you guys continue with that or good luck on that. the rest of that internship. Make it through all those weeks. To everyone who tuned in on the different socials, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, yada, yada, yada. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for all the questions, comments, feedbacks that you've given us. And as always, this episode will be released on Saturdays on the podcasting platforms. With that being said, we've already done some plugs. Uh, Sean, look, do you have anything to add uh, before you close us off? No, I'm just going to close it off. To our guests, thank you so much for joining in. It was a pleasure to have multiple guests at our show. Diego, thanks as always. And for the people watching, the people in the comments, thank you for being interactive, asking questions. As always, this was Social Convos, and we'll see you back next Tuesday. Bye-bye.